The opinions of Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman don't reflect the views of Gal Media. Parental discretion is advised. KFNC Mont Bellevue, Houston, a Gal Media station. A one-man gang for the touchdown. 122 of the Rams, 196 yards for that guy, Cam Akers, who has been a star today. Leonard Ford at the back on third and three. On play action, Brady to his second look. It's open. It's Antonio Brown for the touchdown. Jackson trying to escape and run for it. And he's got it more. Lamar Jackson down the sideline. Will they give it to him? They will. Touchdown, Baltimore. Ten complete. Touchdown, Michael Thomas. It's been a long time since Michael Thomas was in the end zone. In the spare action he saw this year, he did not have a touchdown catch. It goes all the way back to November, actually December of 2019, in a game against Tennessee. Ben looking to get to his fourth Super Bowl. Starts from the 22-yard line. James Conner is the running back. Steelers dead last in the league in rushing. And they start with a horrible snap all the way back to the two-yard line. And the Browns bouncing into the end zone where they wind up with a touchdown. Of all crazy things, you don't go to the playoffs for 18 years. And that is the way it starts in the first 14 seconds. Carl Joseph winds up with the ball. And they will celebrate. Sports, 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 sports. So they just sit there and talk about sports? Man, what a great weekend of football. And the Texans keep stepping on their cranks. And I bet AJ has an I told you so for you. Let's do this. It's a Monday on the Blitz. Diabolical. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, this is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And The Blitz is on for a Monday. Welcome to the greatest show in the history of the known universe. With me, Fred Fowler, the Falcon, A.J. Hoffman, Chocolate Braveheart, Aaron Rabel, the Voldemort. If you want to get in today, 713 713- 780-ESPN is your number, 713-780-3776. You can also get us on the Blitz Facebook page. Find the Blitz, click like, send a message. Aaron will read it. Twitter, at Fred Fowler, F-A-O-U-R, at AJ is the real, at Aaron is Blitz, at Degenerates975. You can text the show. You know the number for that. You can watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN975. Well, you can watch Aaron and me as uh, AJ broadcast from home today. But uh, we're going to have some fun, man. What an awesome weekend of sport. And uh, what's going on, Mr. Hoffman? Sports and stuff, man. What's going on with you guys? Hey, dude, you sound pretty good. You sound oh, a lot better than me. I do. Look at me. <laughs> oh, how was your weekend, my friend? Uh, it was all right, man. Busy, busy, but I uh, can't complain. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm, I, I'm telling you, ever since I got the, I got the Rona off me, I, I have, cannot stop smiling. I'm just in a great mood and continue to be in a great mood. And I had a pretty good weekend. I uh, hit a massive pick three at Sam Houston Saturday night. I'm uh, I'm feeling good. I didn't do great betting uh, football matches this weekend, unfortunately. And football matches have been pretty good to me this year. Uh, but basketball matches, I was eight and two, and my two losses were by a combined one point. Ouch. So I was I was feeling it. 
uh, on hoops this weekend. But, yeah, overall not bad. I'm ready for the title game tonight. I've got a, I'm sure at some point we'll get into how we're betting that thing. I've got it broken down a couple ways, a couple ways you can approach it. Uh, so excited for that. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, obviously some, some plenty of football to discuss that happened this weekend. Plenty going on with the Texans. Just a, uh, a good a good sports day here in Houston. Yeah, it is. And uh, we're going to be off at 6 for the College Football Championship, which you can hear right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. And you know what? I, I, what, a, what a good day it is to be from Ohio. <laughs> your, your Browns win last night. You well, let's let's pump the brakes. Let's wait till tomorrow to see if it's good. <laughs> no, no, it's Ohio. good today. It's good today, right? Because Okay, well, it's good up until 6 o'clock tonight, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, I mean, but uh, up until then, you got to feel pretty good about life because, uh, yeah, that, that uh, Browns game, i got to say, somebody all year was calling the Steelers phonies. I, I wish I could take credit for that, but I think it's time for a Hoffman I told you so. I mean, listen. They were eleven and zero, and everybody. I mean, they're the greatest team in the world. And if you watched them, you could tell. It, and I didn't listen. I, I didn't expect what happened last night to no. happen. So I, it's not a total. I told you so. I figured the the, the Steelers would win that thing uh, because they were playing the Browns. But I did say all year long, this is a, a team that their defensive and offensive metrics are being boosted by a, a week week schedule, uh, and. You saw last night, and their offense is just not very good. They cannot run the ball, uh, and it's when you're a one-dimensional, totally one-dimensional offense. And it's listen, the Bills don't run the ball very well either, but the Bills have a quarterback who can take off on you at any given moment, and that's a, a, a an element that the Steelers don't have. You know what's coming, and of course, once they were down, you knew what was coming even more. And when a team can just, you know, they know what's coming every play. You're going to end up with games where there's a bunch of sacks and a bunch of interceptions. And it was just a, a really, really awful day for the entire Steelers offense yesterday. And, and you know, I don't, their defense, I, don't, I, I really don't know if they were good or not. They were good in a couple spots, but it didn't matter because, they, you know, the, the, the Cleveland defense scored points off of the offense so quickly that it, they, we didn't really have time to find out if the, if the, uh, the Steelers' defense was great. But – uh, yeah, poor showing for them, and you, you pretty much knew it, 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 by the end of the first quarter yeah. that that thing was over. Well, especially because we always talk about the Browns being front runners. Yeah, you, oh, yeah. You give them that kind of lead, then uh, they're going to be hard to catch in the stretch. Although I do have a buddy who's from Cleveland who lives down here now and texted me and said, don't you dare jinx this because this looks a lot like what the Texans did to the Chiefs in one quarter. Yeah, but this the Steelers weren't the Chiefs, and – and frankly, I don't think the Browns are the Texans. So, uh, but yeah, I think the the once they got uh, you got a couple of flukes. You got a, a bad snap from a one of the great centers to have played in the league to get a touchdown, and then you know a couple of turnovers on on you know Ben was throwing the ball high and it was getting tipped, and you get interceptions, and suddenly you're up twenty eight nothing. And that, that Steeler defense did not play well either because. Even even when they had a long field, they moved the ball on them early. Yeah, and once uh, once it got to that, it was uh, you know, and I kind of I, I I feel sorry for Cleveland fan over the years because of the the garbage they have to put up with. I'm kind of happy to see them win that. And uh, uh, I will it, say this: there was a time early in the fourth quarter where I was like, "Oh God, the Browns are going to blow this because that's just what the Browns they're going to brown it." <laughs> they were. It felt like maybe they were going to brown it, and uh, it turned out they were able to hold on. So. Uh, yeah, it, it was it, good for Cleveland, you know, and I was saying it for for Buffalo too. I, I mean, a couple franchises that have not had much luck in the last quarter century 
uh, to see them both get a a playoff win this weekend was that, that's a rare thing. Yeah, that that Bills game was uh, was pretty impressive too, and that's that's one I want to dive into a little bit. I, I want to ask about one play from that Bills game because I I think I'm insane. The play where they tried to steal the whole game from the Bills. Yeah, that was a fumble, right? One hundred percent. Okay, that I, was I just want to make sure because I keep watching the replay and I'm like, his hands nowhere near him. He gets up. He fumbles the ball before his knee hits the ground. It's as clear as anything I've ever seen. And they're like, oh, play stands. Yeah, I, that was unbelievable. So it wasn't, it wasn't just me. I wasn't. I, I'm, well, I'm, I thought maybe it was just me. <laughs> and I was like suddenly just like emotional Bills fan. But I'll say this. There was some really awful officiating throughout this entire weekend. Oh, yeah. I mean, if these are supposed to be the best guys, this postseason crew, oof. Uh, and, and the fact that. That you know they had to go down and they had to throw a, a, a flag, a challenge flag, to have them even take a look at that obvious fumble. Yeah, and then they don't. Well, it wasn't a challenge flag. They, they called a timeout because they, oh, that's could, right. they, they couldn't to, challenge. Yeah, it right, was in the last right. two minutes. And then and they were like, "Well, the Bills aren't charged a timeout because we were taking a look at it, even though the play had already been snapped and the pass had been completed." <laughs> I mean, if the Bills would have lost that game, that would have been so Buffalo. I mean, that would have it would have been just heartbreaking. But uh, the right team won in that one, and and honestly, look, I mean, based on the way these games were played, the right team won pretty much all these games this weekend. There, there was nobody that I felt like, well, they got they really outplayed the other team and just got unlucky. It, it felt like the right teams won. Uh, I agree. the 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 other thing I want to get to is. We talk about players choking in the moment, but we saw some coaches choke this weekend too. And whether it's Mike Vrabel not going for it on fourth and two, I don't know what Frank Reich was thinking when they've got the fourth down at the four-yard line. And you got to take points there, man, in that situation. even Very odd. Even the TV guys are saying it. And when you lose – and then he goes for two in a situation where there's no reason to go for two, and then you have to chase the points. But you lose a game by three points, and you didn't take the field goal – that's the kind of stuff because that because you know it's going to come down to one possession. You you can't do stuff like that, and and I think both Vrabel and Reich are good coaches, but I also think in the moment they choked, and it happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah Vrabel is another guy who like punting on fourth and one. Yeah, when, I mean twice in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you some, can make some, a case for one, but not both. Really, really odd decisions by the uh, the AFC South coaches that, and it's hard. I mean. These are good coaches, you yeah. know, and but we've questioned decisions, especially by Frank Reich before, like the time when Frank Reich went for it against the Texans, and and you know they ended up taking an L when they probably should have at least had a tie, uh, and, and that you know that those kinds of things are crippling, and in the playoffs, man, you you can't make these bonehead calls. All right, we're gonna take a very quick break. Please don't go anywhere. It's the Blitz on ESPN ninety-seven five ninety-two five. is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. You are listening to the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on the Blitz. 713-780-ESPN's your number, 
three seven seven six. We'll try to sprinkle some of the other games in. Uh, you know what's weird, AJ, is that you've got guys like Heineke and Wolford quarterbacking playoff games, and uh, you know what? Uh, it, it it's kind of weird when that happens this time of year, but uh, a lot of a lot of fates were decided by players you wouldn't really think about. Well, you also had a lot of Heineke's and Walford's outplaying Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's that's the craziest part of the whole thing. Yeah, and uh, what I what kind of struck me is how many of the great young quarterbacks in the league were playing. You know, Lamar Jackson. Uh, Josh Allen. I don't know if you want to call Baker Mayfield great, but Baker's a number one overall pick. Uh, Jared Goff. And the guy who wasn't playing is the one who's on vacation and pissed off at his team, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, he's busy. <laughs> I, I did a hit with uh, uh, a, a show in Florida that I do a lot of times. and uh, I've, d- I've done four of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, it's it was amazing to me that with all the sports that happened this weekend, everybody wants to talk about the whole Texans thing. Well, I want to I want to throw something out because if if Miami came to you with this offer cuz he, he said he'll go to Miami. If my if you're Miami, let's look at it from their perspective first. Do you think Deshaun Watson makes you a Super Bowl contender? Yes. Okay. So, if I'm Miami and I come to you, Nick, I'm just going to call you Nick. Okay. And Formally. I, I I'm going to say I'm giving you both your picks back this year and my pick this year. I'm giving you a one and a two next year, and I'll take on Whitney Merciless's contract. If you're the Texans, okay. Team. So give me this. Give me the the parameters again. Oh, and Tua. We're gonna throw Tua in there too. So Tua, okay. Tua the the third pick, the Dolphins pick, Texans first, second round pick. So three picks there. Two more picks next year. Is one of them a first? Yes, a first and a second. Oof, I think I pass. But see. Somebody asks, is he worth all that? If if he makes you a Super Bowl contender, isn't he worth all that? Yeah, I mean the Dolphins are building something there, but again, that would be a you, you. That's something that if Bill O'Brien did it, we'd be like, oh, you're an idiot. Why would you trade so much of your fruit, your future away for this? So I, I think if I'm the Dolphins, I pass. See, I think the know? Dolphins are in a different place though than than what the Texans did because they've already got a bunch of assets. They've already built themselves to a point where this is what they need. They need the elite quarterback. I think if I if I'm the Dolphins, I would say if you wanted uh both both of this year's firsts uh, a second and Tua, I feel like I would say that's that's fair compensation because basically you're getting three first round picks. But I'm not asking for fair because I've got what you want. So I'm well, asking for more. Well, guess what you've got also? An unhappy quarterback. Yeah. So I mean, listen. The, the you Dolphins can be unhappy with the Jets. Then I'll I'll the, trade him to the Jets. Whoever gives me the means. best deal. Uh, well, yeah, but I, I mean, the Dolphins don't have to make that deal either. The Dolphins feel like they've got an up arrow by their name, and uh, you know, I, I I don't know how long Tua's going to take. I think it's really Tua more than these other quarterbacks, more than it would have been for for Burrow or Herbert. It's really hard to judge what he is right now because he didn't get an off season. He was injured. Uh, before he was even drafted. So I, I think next year we'll have a better idea of what Tua can really be. But I, I still think that he, he's got something. I, I don't think he's going to be a total bust. But uh, but if he is, guess what? You'll have a first-round pick next year, and you, you can fix it. So Well, I, I, back, to I, my, I think, back to my original question, though. If you're the Texans and the Dolphins come to you with that package, 
Oh, tomorrow. if you're the Texans, yes, you take that package. I think I think you do it. I, I think you don't even think twice about it. I think more likely than than that would be, and I don't know that the, I don't know that anybody's taking on Merciless's contract. I, I think that might be just you're just trying to dump some some extra stuff on, like that. That's like uh, Cardinals trying to throw David Johnson's yeah, but, contract. But in. it's not. It won't be as punitive for the team who trades him, and they can cut him with a, a minimal amount. Of, see, it, it won't cost them as much as it would the Texans. That's why it makes sense. Yeah, I, but, I think that. But yes, I'm throwing that in there because that's what I do. I think that maybe even a more reasonable offer, if it were to come through, if the Dolphins and Texans are dance partners, and the Dolphins certainly aren't admitting that they're interested because you don't do that. You, you don't say, yeah, we're interested uh, because you drafted a guy in the first round last year, and if he starts hearing that, it's like, bro, what are we doing here? Uh, if the trade doesn't go through, now you've got an unhappy quarterback too. The Dolphins don't need that headache that the Texans have right now. So, but I do think what the Dolphins do have a squeaky wheel on their team right now, uh, who happens to be arguably the best cornerback in the league this year, who wants more money, and is not—he's not even being paid like a top five cornerback in the league right now. Xavier Howard, it, maybe you work a deal around Tua Howard, and you know, a, a first and a second or something like that. Because then you're getting real quality talent back. You're getting draft capital back. Uh, I think maybe then you know you're you're getting to something a little bit more realistic uh, than than asking for three firsts and two seconds. I, I think that the for smart teams, and I think the Dolphins are, are have become a smart organization. They're building this thing the right way. Uh, it, I mean, they also were fortunate recipients of a, a total boob move by Bill O'Brien, but. I think that smart organizations are going away from mortgaging their future for one guy. It's just not a wise decision. See, I, I disagree. How, the, how many picks did the Bears give away for Khalil Mack? How many uh, did the Eagles give to get Carson Wentz? I mean, teams are, teams and, are and still doing this. Here's the question, Fred. Start to look back. How, many, how often does that work out? Did it work out for the Bears? Do you think the Bears are super – I mean, the Bears are an interesting one because – Let's face it, the Bears the Bears aren't in the playoffs because of their offense. Right. But the Bears certainly aren't a Super Bowl contender. Well, they also made the the same move for Mitch Trubisky to move up one spot. So, uh there are teams that are willing to do that. I, I still think uh I think and of course Bill O'Brien was willing to do it. We know that. But all all that aside, just from a, a, I would not want Xavier and Howard back and I'll tell you why. Because if I'm making that trade, I'm planning on sucking next year and having another high pick. Okay. I mean that's I mean that's why you're doing it, right? Because you at that point you're clearing out everybody. You're getting rid of JJ, uh anybody who has any kind of salary and you're having to astro it. And you know what? And let you've got a you'll have a decent offensive line for Tua to to learn around and you start with that, but you're not going to be any good. Yeah. So, uh I don't want a stud player back because I want I want another top 5 pick next year. Well, listen, let's also admit that you know, one cornerback like trading Xavier, because essentially at that point, what you're doing is you're trading Xavier Howard for Deshaun Watson. And if Deshaun Watson had you as a four win team, trading those two guys, it's not like Xavier Howard is going to suddenly make this team a contender. Right. You know, it's, but he is a piece that you could, you know, when you are good, it's nice to have a number one corner, especially for a team right now that doesn't have any corners that, that should even be on an NFL roster. Yeah. So that's a, that's a, a, a really rare thing to find. Uh, but, you know, I, I get your point, but I don't think that you know if you remove Deshaun Watson from this team, Xavier Howard is suddenly going to make him a contender. Yeah, I just I don't want players back. I want you know I want picks. I want to build, but that's uh, you know. And again, I think 
all this is going to be – and somebody mentioned that he has a no-trade con- uh, clause. He does, but he also said – well, his agent leaked that he would be yeah. interested in Miami. So I mean, he would have to agree to to whatever uh, whatever trade it, it comes up, and that's just going to be a matter of although, although Patrick, how much does he want out. Patrick Creighton brought something up the other night that, uh, and I don't know the answer to this, and maybe someone does, but the extension, the no trade uh, part of it, was part of the extension. He's still under his original contract. Would that apply? Or does it kick in when his extension kicks in next year? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that. I, I'm yeah, not I a don't either. Uh, well, I, I don't know the details of his contract, but I know that Patrick. I think it was Patrick brought that up the other night, and I started thinking about. It. I was like, yeah, you know, he's still. I mean, technically under his first contract, which wouldn't have a no trade. So, and everybody says that he doesn't have any leverage. He can make things difficult. He really can. He can, and and nobody wants a guy who who doesn't want to be here and. Can you blame him the way this crap has been handled? I mean, yeah. now I'm I'm sure he'll sit down with Nick when he gets back in town and Nick will sell him on it and Nick will let him be involved in the head coaching search, which, you know, who knows where they're going to go there. And maybe, maybe he, you know, they'll all walk arm in arm and he can join Jack and Nick with their poodles and everybody can lovingly look into each other's eyes. But I, I'm pretty sure that's what will wind up happening. But if not, Dude, I would I would take a massive package for him right now because, yeah, you would, uh, yeah, because you know who wouldn't. So <laughs> you're all about taking massive packages. Oh yeah, who isn't? Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN is your number seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. And I have to tell you about new brakes. So I'm going to have to come out and uh, put some new brakes on the caddy. And guys, if you uh, uh, if you need brake work done, uh, there's no point in going to a shop right now or a dealer and having to sit there. Uh, the best thing to do is have them come to you. And how about guys who do quality work? These guys, brakes are what they do. It's all they do. And you're going to get a 24-month, 24,000-mile warranty. It's real simple. You go to newbrakes.com, N-U-B-R-A-K-E-S.com. You mention ESPN, get 10% off your service. You can mention me. You can mention Josh. Uh, Jilly had her car done. Uh, and everybody who's had it done has told me the same thing. Man, they were super nice. They're quick. They, uh, they, do every, they just... Handle everything, and they do a great job. You're going to save 20 to 50% off of what you would from a shop or a dealer, and you do it from your own home. You don't have to go anywhere. Or you can do it if you're at your office right now. You want to have them come by your office and do it, or maybe they, you need your mother's brakes done. They'll go to her house and do it so nobody has to go anywhere. And you get a surprise free repair quote. Go to newbrakes.com. They're going to get right back to you. And uh, newbrakes.com, N-U-B-R-A-K-E-S.com. Mention ESPN, 10% off. Yeah. Get him and ride, yeah. get him and know a nigga fly, uh-uh. but I keep that speaking on fire. I admit a new fly. This book. ESPN 97.5. is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. There's no team that's better positioned in terms of salary cap space and draft picks being that the Dolphins have the Texans' first-round draft pick, the third overall pick, to get the deal done. It would not be two for Deshaun Watson. And again, I'm sure Nick Casario, the new Texas general manager, is hearing about a store quarterback being traded to Miami and thinking, I'm not doing that. And he's not thinking like that today. But what happens when Deshaun Watson, if Deshaun Watson doesn't show up to the offseason program? What happens if he doesn't show up this summer? 
What happens if he tells them he's not going to play for them? What happens then? What do you do? Right? So they're going to have to feel this out. And if you wanted to investigate the market for Deshaun Watson, uh, you basically could find probably 25 teams in the NFL that would be willing to trade for him today. And we're back on the Blitz. That was Adam Schefter. Do you really think there's 25 teams? It seems uh, it seems no. high to me. Yeah, but there's a lot of teams, trust me. Yeah, I oh mean, yeah. Even because I mean, Deshaun is is up there. I mean, he's he's I, I think he's one of the seven best quarterbacks in the league. If you're talking about 25 teams, or, or I guess he'd be one of the six. Uh, but that doesn't mean that there aren't some that are rated below him that are suddenly looking to move on from him. Like I don't I don't know that the Chargers would take Deshaun Watson for for Herbert right now, which sounds crazy, but he's on his rookie deal. Yeah, they're, they're well, happy with it. And him. that's the thing. I mean, if, if you're the Chargers, why would why would you move on from a guy yeah. who just had a, a rookie year that was historic? So, I I don't know that there's that many teams, but yeah, I bet you there's, there's probably 15 or 20. Yeah, I would say between 15 and 20 is probably the number. And then I think you throw in some teams like say the Falcons who might be ready to move on from Matt Ryan uh, and maybe deal him elsewhere. I think they would be in that conversation. But, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's as many as that. But that's Adam Schefter. So. Well, I was on with the guys in uh, Denver today, and the guys in Denver are certainly hopeful that the Texans <laughs> are going to trade Deshaun Watson. They, they're, they were asking me what would it take. So there's a lot, of, a lot of teams out there that would love to have a Deshaun Watson for sure. Well, and, and that's why – when I, and they offered Drew Locke, so oh, I mean, well, and I know you're it. a big Drew Locke guy. That'll, that'll do it. Oof. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I. But but again, that's that's why. Like, if, if I'm talking to the Dolphins, that's the package I want because if there's that many teams that are going to be bidding, I should be able to get it. And you know, it's, somebody's going to say, "Man, we could win the Super Bowl if we have this guy." Now, I don't know if they can. That's a that's a different uh, conversation. At that point. I mean, why not pull the trigger and just say, you know what, we're we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna overpay, but Listen, this is a Herschel Walker deal for the Texans and for whoever else it is. Maybe it, maybe it puts them over the top. Yeah, I think it's a. I mean, the the offer you sent out at the beginning of the show, I think, is insane. If I'm the Dolphins, I would I would laugh you off the phone. Uh, but it, it, all it takes is one team going. You know what? Deal. I mean, well, so that's, and it, that's the thing. That's why I think you're going to get something insane if you, and, if you do it. Let's let's. And this that. this is the beauty of it, and I I'll I'll do this sometimes when I play uh, fantasy football or whatever. I'll I'll say okay, I've got this guy that you know everyone's in love with. I'll put him out there for trade, and you know see see what I can get. And unless I mean, unless you just totally blow my socks off, I mean, unless I'm just you know I feel like I'm stealing from you, I'll just keep him, and I'll just be perfectly fine to keep him. Exactly. That that. The Texans, though, are in a situation where they might not be perfectly fine if they keep him. So you can't laugh and hang up on people because, you know, you may need to weigh all the offers and then figure out what the best one is and weigh that offer against the idea of having an unhappy quarterback for the rest of the uh, the rest of his time here. Yeah, and I, I still think they'll get it worked out. I, I still think that he'll sit down with Nick. I think so, too, because I don't think Deshaun is like – I don't think he's one of these divas. I I mean, Deshaun's a pretty level-headed dude. Uh, And and I think he'll realize, you know what, we're all here for the same thing. We're all trying to win, uh, you know. And and as flawed as the the thought process to get to winning is for for Cal McNair, I mean, obviously he wants to win, too. Uh, It's not like like hiring Nick Casario was a money-saving move. 
You know, he like they they, they paid that guy very handsomely. So they're they're pushing chips onto the table, and Deshaun Deshaun wants to do that too. He he wants to see moves happen now. I think Deshaun will at least give this thing a couple years to to sort of play itself out, and if in two years he feels like, you know, he, he's in the same spot he is today, maybe then he starts to squeak a little bit louder. Well, and I still think in two years you'd get a hell of a lot for him. You would because those kind of guys just don't become available. And when was the last time we saw a twenty-five-year-old franchise quarterback traded? It it doesn't happen. So yeah, that and that's why I said that's why I'm talking about the kind of packages that I'm talking about, because I think uh, teams rarely get that opportunity. And, you know, we, we talk about how many, how many first round picks would you trade to get uh, Patrick Mahomes? I mean, to me, there's, there's not a price that you wouldn't pay because you just don't get those guys. So, uh, and even with him having a 25 year contract, Hey, can I, uh, can I bitch about something real quick? Not really bitch, but just, um, Kind of a hey man bleep that. Sure. One of my least favorite human beings is Mike Florio. <laughs> yes. Did, did you see this thing he he posted to his dumbass website? No. Buzz builds for Jim Caldwell to Texans. Well, I don't know if it's if that's just him, but I've seen that on a couple different spots. Well, so but, maybe he's the one who's who's sort of spreading it, but I, I've definitely heard it from more than one spot. Well, this is this is the problem with this. A buzz is building in league circles that Caldwell could be the next coach in Houston. What does that even mean? Does that mean, oh, there's rumors going around? What a buzz is building. What the hell? You're writing a whole thing on that? That's not reporting. Yeah. Come on, man. Hey, I, man. F*** that. Yeah, tell, tell me where it's Where's the buzz? Where's the buzz? I, I, I've got no idea. Yeah, who, I, who's I, buzzing out there? That's all. I, I'm certainly not buzzing. Yeah, I, mean, I saw today the Chronicle reported that uh, that Leslie Frazier may be a guy that they would talk to. Um, who, let's face it, he was a he was a bust at the uh, at, at, with the Vikings, but it would be a a, a second chance. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I think if you've got a so the guys that I've heard they've interviewed are now Marvin Lewis, Jim Caldwell, Joe Brady. Have you heard of anyone that I've that I'm missing? Uh, those are the only ones that I'm aware of now. Apparently, they are going to interview David Culley of the Ravens. Uh, okay, which, um, which I know Jim Harbaugh raves about this. Guy. Yeah, yeah, and not not really the Raven guy I would be talking to. But man, if you're going to bring me a Raven, I'm I'm okay with that. But uh, that's the other one that they've uh, apparently set up an interview with. What I'm curious about is, he, what is I mean, he's like the, I guess he's the assistant head coach. He's, he's assistant not just head the coach, receivers wide coach, receivers. Right? Yeah, and and now if if he's never called plays, which okay, I, see that's I don't want I'm, you as a head coach. I'm not that, a fan of, but he does have he has worked with Andy Reid. He has worked with Jim Harbaugh, and and he's been pretty high up in the organizations. And that's two organizations that I respect. But, so of all these names that you're hearing, if you've interviewed Joe Brady and he'll take the job, that's the guy that I would offer it to, right? That's who I would offer it to. But here, here's my question is, how much did those interviews before Nick got here, mean? how much do those even mean? I mean, isn't he supposed to be hiring the guy? Yeah. So you've already talked to Jim Caldwell and you, I guess Marvin Lewis. 
but you didn't have Nick, and he's making the call. Right. So, yeah, and Jim Caldwell uh, would not be a, a disaster, in my opinion. Uh, I, I do think, uh, I think he got kind of a raw deal in Detroit. He's a pretty good play caller. He, he's a veteran guy that I think guys would listen to. So I, I, I know the, the fan base probably, oh, my God, not another retread. Yeah. But I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world, especially if he brings in a really good staff, which is the important thing. So 713-780-ESPN is your number, 713-780-3776. And, uh, man, a lot to get to. I want to I wanna get back to some of the other games next segment that we, we didn't get to. But uh, D, this whole thing – the one thing about the Casario hiring that really bothers me is whenever they ask a question of either Cal or Nick the, about Easterby, they ba- they basically change the subject. And I heard an interview that that uh, uh, Seth and Sean did with with Casario, and, and to their credit, they asked some really good questions. And one of me asked was, "What about the rumors about?" Easterby and all this stuff, and I mean, he immediately changed the subject about how it's about personnel and who had, who does what job. I mean, it, it's really concerning to me that they won't address any of this stuff. Yeah. It, it's just they, they completely change the subject and don't answer the question. And that can't be good. I, I'd, I'd like one person to stand up and say, hey, all that stuff they say about him is BS. He's a great guy. Uh, he's had a great impact on this organization. I don't know where those stories are coming from. I just like somebody to say that instead of, uh, well, everyone has a role to play, and uh, um, you know, and that's how personnel works. Is is you have a guy with whose whose job it is to do certain things, and it's a uh, another guy's job to do certain things. It's like what? That's not an answer. Yeah, I think Nick is uh, in a weird position because he he probably doesn't want to admit that he doesn't have all the power that a normal GM in his position would have, but I, I don't think he does. And I think that he knew that when he signed on and he was okay with it. Um, yeah. Or, although I don't know. I mean, it, if it was such a big deal for them to get this guy and, oh, he was going to well, be it hired. It was such a big deal because Jack said it was, it was well, a big deal. Carolina so, was going to hire him. Let him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you, don't, don't, don't fool don't scare me with a good time I, how how dare you <laughs> so, I, all right good luck Pam. and look i and i say that i say that i think nick casario might be a really good gm i agree i, mean, I, I don't know i i don't know but i i don't there's nothing on nick casario's resume that makes me think he won't be a good gm i think it it really boils down to it just it hammered home how much swing Jack Easterby has in this organization, and that's that's the part that makes it scary. Yeah, and uh, and obviously, again, you go back to past performances. What has he been a part of while he's been in the front office? Well, he signed off on the Hopkins trade. He signed off on some terrible contracts, and Zach Cunningham. And well, Fred, and, would you would you have been okay with him just having multiple baby mamas or what? Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, I would have. You know what he does? Oh. Well, you know what? I, I mean, I get the the concept that okay, we got to pay Deshaun. We got to pay Tunsil. We're not going to be able to afford to redo this contract. Now, I would have done, yeah, you know, I would have just said, hey, well, you're under contract for three years. Uh, we'll we'll take care of you when your time's up. But if if you decide, hey, he's got to get paid, and I can't afford it, and you got to move him, 
okay, where's the number one picks? Yeah. Where's the Stephon Diggs deal? Which, by the way, that deal worked out for both teams. It did. And so why can't you do that? Instead, you take on a broken down, and I don't want to rehash this thing because everybody knows how we feel about it. But if you're the G, if you're even remotely associated with that, and so that's a question I'd like to ask Nick Casario, which, you know, I'd, I'd love to have him on and ask him that question. Okay, let's, had you gotten the job, do you make the DeAndre Hopkins deal the way it was? If you'd gotten the job two years ago when they tried to hire you? I'd like to get an answer to that. Because if he says yes, then, then he's dumb too. Well, you'll know, but I mean... He's not going to answer that. He but, won't answer it. But then. no, the, but the reality is that, and then the, the stupid contracts, I mean, Jesus Jack was there for those. Yeah. And I, I just, uh, that that to me is a concern, is that you continue to let this guy have power when anything that he's been involved with has been a disaster. So... All right, I got to tell you guys about something that's not a disaster. Allstate, Allstate windows and siding. Uh, I'm sitting here in my house looking at these windows. Oh my gosh, Fred, you would not believe how great these things look. And not only do they look fantastic, but I'm saving money thanks to them. I'm I'm saving up to 40% on my electric bills now. That could be you as well. Uh, This is the kind of company that you want to do business with. They give senior discounts. They give cash discounts. uh, They give first responder discounts. They, it's just a great company, great customer service, and a fantastic product, guys. Check them out. Uh, you're, right now, they've got some great specials going. You can save up to 25% off any window package right now uh, at Allstate. And uh, if you want to do siding, $2,000 off sidings jobs as well. They do it fast. It's customized. These are built-in Texas windows, uh, and, and they're built for the Texas weather. Guys, you want the best rate? Call Allstate, 832-204-1936. That's 832-204-1936. Or you can check them out online, allstatesidingandwindows.com. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. You are listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. I like this song. This is a good addition. So, something we were uh, talking about on Twitch, A.J. Doug Peterson fired. Who saw that coming? Uh... Do you, I mean, do you call I, him if you're the Texans? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I certainly am not going to say no. Uh, I, I think he's he's at least worth an interview, right? He's a guy who's won a Super Bowl before. Yeah, and apparently there was some disconnect with the front office there. And I think people don't realize that that whole Eagles organization, it's not like this is a, a really well-oiled machine. It's been kind of janky for, for a while. This is not a the, the, their ownership the the GM situation. It's just kind of it's it's not great. It's not Bill O'Brien, but it's it's not great. Well, and you look at that organization historically. I mean, they did the whole Chip Kelly mess, and then they cleaned it up, won a Super Bowl, and then it's been a mess since. And yeah. 
uh, apparently he didn't he didn't like a lot of what he heard when he when he met with the owner and uh, was more than happy to accept his walking papers. So that's a guy I definitely talked to. And you, you've got a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, you've got he he did pretty well with his quarterbacks when he had Frank Reich. I mean that I, that to me is still the thing that's missing. Yeah, was they haven't been the same since Frank Reich got a job. But uh, you know that's a. Uh, and somebody brought up a good point. That's uh, the best Eagles have ever been is with him. Well, they had, they had some good teams way back in under Andy Reid that made a Super Bowl, and I think Andy was more consistent. But you won a Super Bowl, and yeah. isn't that the goal? Theoretically, well, yeah, that's everybody's goal. Well, I don't know that it is everybody's goal. I don't know that it's standalone <laughs> mustache cowboy Cal's goal, but I think his goal is just to sit there and goof on. Oh shucks, and gosh darn. I mean, I, th- I think he wants to win. I just think he's just not a very smart guy. I, I, and that sounds kind of cold, but it, it just really rings true. Like when you hear, I, like I said, I understand completely now why he doesn't like to speak in public. Because when he does, it's like, ooh, who gave this guy a microphone? That's that's a really, really rough. I mean, it was it's it's tough to listen to that whole thing, honestly. I'd listen back this weekend. It's like, oh, my God, this this poor dude. So I, I I think he wants to win. I just don't know if he's equipped to win. He's the village idiot. You can say it. No, he is. He, he, he is I, a village I, idiot, and he's he's just this big goofy guy who inherited something. And 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 to me, someone asked me today, Fred. I said, "He, have you ever seen the movie Tommy Boy?" Yeah, and that's what he is. He's Tommy Boy. He's a guy who had a, you know, he's the the knucklehead son of a guy who's running a really successful business, and then dad suddenly dies, and it's like, all right, son, you've got the company. And now Cal McNair is basically the less funny version of Chris Farley. Oh, he was hilarious in that press conference. Come on. <laughs> I mean, it's funny to other fan bases. <laughs> right. It, it is oh, funny yeah, to a lot of people, ah, just not to, not to us. Be hilarious if you traded me to Deshaun Watson. Woo! Yeah. But I, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's hard to see because I really did. Uh, I mean, I had so much respect for his dad, and I have so much respect for his mom. And it's just, you know, sometimes the, you know, a good stallion and a good mare, you produce a five thousand dollar claimer, and I kind of think that's <laughs> what happened here. So, oh, can we? Uh, let's squeeze in a call real quick. TJ, you're on the blitz. Go. What's going on, guys? Sports, man. No, RP to my Steelers. I don't know what the hell happened, but um, yes, you do. I got a quick question. Did, did you guys see the article where the I guess it was Cal McNair, where he just ignored the whole list that Corn Ferry brought to him? I mean, common sense. You pay this guy hundred thousands of dollars, and you just ignore the list, and you already knew who you wanted. I don't know if you guys seen that report. So. What is all smoke and mirrors? And I'm not a Texans fan, but I live here, so I want the team to do good. But and then you come with your fans, somebody you can't spend no money, but you just threw off hundred thousands of dollars for something that you wasn't even going to use from the get go. And I hang up and get you guys take on that. Yeah, I, I don't know if they never intended on listening to Corn Ferry or if Jack Easterby just kind of came in because what I read it sounds a lot like they were really close to hiring Con from Pittsburgh. Yeah, and like basically it was in the works. And then Jack Easterby came in and said, "You know what? We got to do the right thing and hire 
uh, Nick Casario here and pay him more money than you were going to pay Khan, and let's uh, let's ignore everything that uh, this this you know this firm told us. Let's just go with with this guy. This is the right move. And they said, "Oh, okay, that sounds great," which is really odd. I want to know. Did uh did the the firm that they hire or not the firm the the people they said they were going to consult with like Andre Johnson and uh, Tony Dungy and- yeah the guy from the the Spurs I, all, they they had this whole list of guys they were to confer with did those guys sign off on Nick Casario or was that just a is that are we not supposed to talk about that anymore because it was all a made up thing to begin with I I think here's here's what I I think okay just that Cal thought that. In his mind, he asked for all these opinions, and just like he did to Sean's. And in his mind, he considered them. And in the end, he went this way because that was his decision. It was Jesus' decision, let's be honest. And I think in his mind, he did consider everything Watson said. He did consider what those guys said. He, you know, I, I, I just think that's, that's how he looks at it because that's how Forrest Gump would look at it. <laughs> this morning, I don't know if Lance has, like, this is a herd report or this is just Lance speculating, but Lance had said this morning when I first tuned in that maybe one of the players, knowing that they were close to hiring Khan, had said to Jack something like, nobody's got your back the second this guy gets here, get ready to start packing up your house. And then Easterby ran straight to Cal's office and was like, no, we can't do this to save his own ass. That seems unlikely, but I, I'm, who knows? No, yeah, no, nothing would surprise me with this team, well, to be and, honest. And that's the thing. When you hear some of these reports and they sound ridiculous, but they they aren't ridiculous because we've seen what they do. And somebody <laughs> says, you sit down at a poker table, how long does it take to sniff out Cowboy Cal as your bitch? Oh, about four seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and But it, it's – there's nothing that would surprise me. And there, there was a report, and I, I don't know that this is true, that they were actually negotiating a contract with Khan and then – at the last minute, flip to go get Easterby. I don't know if that's true, but um, it, it does seem it, it does. The whole thing feels like Easterby got Cal's ear and said, "Hey, we got to go get this guy before somebody yeah. else does." And, and and again, he may work out. I mean, I, I think there's a lot. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of reasons why he may be a really good GM, but I think as long as you've got uh, Kenneth Copeland in there having a say over decisions then you can't have any faith that anything anything is going to go right for this team. At least I don't. No, I don't either. All right. Let's take a quick break. Let's uh, get to the other games when we come back because uh, we still got to talk Seahawks. Still got to talk a little Saints. Still got to talk a little uh, Tampa Bay. And we got to talk some Bama, Ohio State. Yes, we do. And we've only got an hour left to do it. So uh, we will jump right on that. Don't go anywhere. It is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5. ESPN 97.5.